The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me. Let me be singing when the evening comes. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship his holy name. Welcome, and thank you for joining us all for our daily devotions during this Holy Week of 2021. And each of these devotions will move in a three, move with three parts. The first part will be a song from Cynthia, then a scriptural meditation, and then we'll end with a prayer that I'm drawing from the Book of Common Prayer. And it'll be most helpful in front of you because each day we'll have a, a passage of scripture, but I won't be reading through the whole passage. And today's passage is Isaiah 60. So if you want to follow along, this section of Isaiah is sets up for us what the great Redeemer is going to do when he comes to bring his full restoration and redemption. In Isaiah 61, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord shines over you. For look, darkness will cover the earth and total darkness the people's. But the Lord will shine over you and his glory will appear over you. How many times had Isaiah seen the sunrise over Jerusalem? It's a beautiful, gorgeous sight, a sight that tourists can still marvel at today. It's the everyday beauty and the glory of a sunrise, that majestic miracle that we so often miss because we're still in bed. And in this chapter, it's taken that familiar scene breathtaking in its own right, something we can see every day. And he's using that, and it becomes an image of something so much greater. See, a new day's dawn becomes a living metaphor for the great act of salvation that God is going to bring when he sends his anointed one. In chapter 59, in verse 20, the Redeemer will come to Zion, to those in Jacob who turn from transgression. He's going to come and his spirit's going to be on him in verse 21. And his, his words will be in his mouth. And when he sends this great Redeemer, it will be just like a new day dawning. So in a vision, Isaiah, Isaiah sees the Lord himself rising over Zion, just like the sun, filling the whole city with his glory his glory appearing over them. And then that actually becomes this beautiful magnet that's going to draw all nations toward him. Look at verse 3. Nations will come to your light and kings to your shining brightness. Fulfillment of the great promise. It goes back all the way to Isaiah chapter 2. That the nations will flood into Zion. They will stream to Jerusalem. The beauty of the city, the beauty of Zion will be what draws them in. And for the early church, this was their great commission. They believed the way the kingdom would expand over the entire earth is that the nations would flood into, into Zion, the Lord's city. And they believed that after the resurrection and after the pouring out of the Spirit, 
Zion, the Lord's city, the city of God, the church now exists in two distinct phases. It exists as a formal institution, which we call the church, with its building and leadership and the responsibility to lead us into the Lord's presence each week through weekly worship and proclaiming his word and administering the sacraments, discipling God's people. But it also exists as a living, dynamic organism, the body of Christ dispersed throughout the world, acting as the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And so this is a promise of dispelling the darkness. And even though it's focused on Zion, and so we need to think the city of God, the people of God, this, the vision of this magnificent chapter is worldwide in scope. The nations stream to it. And this is the point of verses 4 through 9. This is the full family the full family membership of God's family and all nations are united into one. It paints the people of God with all of their riches and their skill flowing into this city to build it up and to make it beautiful. And even today, every act of service to expand and build the kingdom and make it come to build it up and to make it beautiful is fulfilling this promise and vision. And what I want you to think about today is the pattern for the great act of recreation was the pattern for creation. This great act of salvation, redemption, recreation. Notice the pattern that it's following. It begins with thick darkness in verse 2. Darkness, total darkness covering the whole earth. Just as the beginning of creation in Genesis 1, there was darkness. But here, the darkness is darker. It's not just a physical darkness. It's a spiritual darkness. Moral evil. It's the darkness of a spiritual blindness. In Isaiah 25, he compares it to the darkness of a shroud that enfolds all people and will cover, it covers all the nations. That's the darkness of living in a tomb, the darkness of death. And as in Genesis, the scene is transformed as light pierces through the darkness and a new world begins. And just like in Genesis 1, a new world is called into existence and called very good. This one that emerges actually is better. It's better because there's no need for a sun or the moon because the Lord himself is the light. Look at verse 19 and 20. The sun will no longer be your light by day and the brightness of the moon shine on you at night. The Lord will be your everlasting light and your God will be your splendor. The sun will no longer and your moon will not fade. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, and the days of your sorrow will be over. What Isaiah is promising is what John tells us in Revelation 21 is fulfilled in the new heavens and the new earth. And the city that's celebrated in this chapter at its very heart represents everything that was promised in the original creation. And now it's brought to its fulfillment. And the beauty is at the very heart of this city, at the very heart of the light that's breaking through is worship. You can see in verse 7, where all the flocks and all the rams serve him, they come to the altar to an acceptable sacrifice, and they and he will glorify his beautiful house worldwide worship. In verse 14, will come and bow down to you. All who reviled you will fall face down at your feet. And how does it come about? When he does this, verse 16, is so that then you will know that he is the Lord. And what will you know about him? You will know that he is Savior, he is Redeemer, he is Mighty One. So he is Savior. He's the one who will deal with the darkness. He's the Redeemer. This is how he will deal with the problem. He's the Mighty One. He has the ability and the power to do as he wills and to conquer 
And so what is Holy Week all about? Holy Week all is all about the ultimate darkness that is experienced on that Friday, being overcome by the glorious light unleashed on the Sunday. It's about us knowing that he's Savior, Redeemer, and Mighty One. So as you go throughout the day today and this week, think about where do you see the Lord's glory today? Isaiah saw a living metaphor in each new dawn. And what hope does this chapter give you for the day when his glory will be fully revealed and all darkness dispersed and a light that can never fade will be unleashed? Our prayer for today, for the Monday of Holy Week, Almighty God, whose most dear Son went not up to joy, but first he suffered pain and entered not into glory before he was crucified. Mercifully grant that we, walking in the way of the cross, may find it none other than the way of life and peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen.